Welcome to the Eagle Extra here in the newsroom of the Bryan College Station Eagle as we get behind some of the news stories in this community. It's been a while since we've been able to be behind the microphone here and, and talk about some of the, the local news, but we were pulled here back into the studio by some of the goings-ons around Texas A&M over the last uh, week or so. In this t uh, episode today, we're going to be explaining the, the timeline with what happened with the, the, the failed hiring of uh, Kathleen McElroy at the, for the A&M Journalism Department, and uh, which ultimately led to the resignation of uh, the A&M President Catherine Banks. I'm here with Alex Miller, reporter of The Eagle, who has been on top of the story since he, it, even before it started, because he actually broke that uh, Kathleen McElroy wouldn't be taking the job at A&M initially, followed by then uh, reporting by the Texas Tribune and other outlets as well. But Alex has been on top of this from uh, day one. So first, let, let's kind of give some context to, to this, some background to the story. How did this initially all kind of uh, kick off and get to where it is? Yeah, so... I, Travis, I think before we even get to what's gone down within the last two weeks or the last month, it, we really need to just lay the foundation of how we even got here to begin with. So, first off, for, for 55 years, Anum had a journalism department and, and a degree before it was discontinued in 2004. And it should be noted that since then, Anum's continued to offer journalism education in kind of indirect paths as a minor and later as a degree in university studies. It's actually what my degree from A&M is in, a right. university studies journalism degree. And so steps to bring the program back have been made over the last couple of years, though. So uh, one of the big things under M. Catherine Banks's administration was the Path Forward, which was a list of recommendations to kind of consolidate and transform the university uh, across campus uh, after she got some, you know, recommendations from a consulting report, the MGT report, that happened in December 2021. Uh, so she supported the recommendation to support a Department of Journalism, which really then set the ball in motion for this program to return. So journalism major, it later gets approved by A&M's Board of Regents this past February, and it will be offered as a Bachelor of Arts or a Bachelor of Science degree uh, starting this fall, pending board approval here this week, which we'll get to here in a little bit. So uh, President Banks sent her State of the University address last fall that the first students, like I said, would be this fall 23 semester, and the program would be housed within the College of Arts and Sciences and under this new Department of Communication and Journalism. So... Once they got all those pieces in place, Anum starts to look for a program director last fall. And one of the candidates for the position, Chip Stewart, who's a journalism professor and now an assistant provost at TCU up in Fort Worth, he said they were kind of looking for what he called a unicorn, okay? It was basically somebody with a PhD who could come in as a tenured and full professor that also had some pretty significant experience professionally, but also in academics and administration. There's not a lot of people that really fit this criteria. And, and, and Chip Stewart was one and of those. Chip Stewart was one of those he people. he went through the process of applying for the job. Right. So interviews, they were conducted late fall, and Chip told us that A&M officials wanted to try and make a hire by the end of 2022, but that didn't happen. So we later spoke with another candidate. His name's Avery Holton. He's a communication department head out at the University of Utah, and he said he was offered the job in February, but he wasn't able to take the job due to some personal reasons. So that's when A&M 
went went to went to Dr. McElroy, who seemed like a really natural fit for the position and met all these criteria, and she ultimately took the job. And there was this huge reception given to her, kind of this hiring, a, a homecoming of sorts, back on June 13th. Yeah, you mentioned that reception. I mean, it, it looked like a, a, a high school commit signing day party. She signed the contract, and there was <laughs> balloons and cookies and everything else. Uh, that's, that's a little abnormal for a faculty yeah, hire, right? Yeah, you know, you, you, you might see that, like, you know, for, for a big-time recruit or maybe a football coach. Think about when Jimbo got hired. They had the whole band out there, like right. a little rah-rah deal, but... You know, you might see this on the academic side. You might see this for the university president or maybe the chancellor, but typically probably not a program director. So the thing is, to be fair, though, a lot of people saw this like a football team landing a five-star recruit, though. I mean, Kathleen McElroy, she graduated from A&M in 1981. She she actually started here at the Eagle, uh, worked here for a little bit, and eventually worked her way up to the New York Times. Can, can we include her as part of the Robert Cessna coaching tree? Because uh, he said he worked. She worked as a desk editor under him to start <laughs> out with. So I mean, if we want to, we can. <laughs> um, the so getting back to this, mm-hmm. uh, she she gets to the New York Times. She works there for twenty years. Spends some time there as an editor. In two thousand seven, uh, she was selected to the A and M Former Journalism Students Association's Hall of Honor. Which there's not a lot of people in that should. Uh, just for the record. And then in 2011, she starts her doctorate at the University of Texas and graduates there in 2014. And then she becomes a professor. And eventually, she was even the program director at uh, Texas School of Journalism for four years. So, you know, she she kind of had a pretty solid resume to her name and why A&M uh, went after her to begin with. Yeah, I remember reading in your reporting that, you know, the, the social media surrounding this uh, this reception, this kind of signing party they had was some of the most wildly positive uh, reaction they've gotten on any of the social media posts they've ever posted. But it, it was not soon after that, that it was soon after that, that things kind of began to go south. What, what happened? Yeah, so Dr. McElroy, she signs an offer letter on June 13th that when they had the big pomp and circumstance celebration for, that offer letter was for an administrative tenured role as the director of journalism. So... According to her, though, the offer soon began to change. She told us how A&M came back to her with a verbal multi-year deal to become a professor of practice so that instead of an tenured role where she would have had to go and get Board of Regents approval, she wouldn't have to go through that formality anymore. So she told us that she agreed to that. But the problem was the, the offer was never put into official writing. And so according to Dr. McElroy, Anum officials then revised her offer and lowered it to a one-year deal, made her an at-will employee. Anum officials confirmed in a statement that this also included a three-year administrative offer. So, she said that Anum officials called her after they sent it to her and thought she was going to negotiate for a new deal, but she told us that didn't make any sense to her, and she felt like that the deal wasn't legitimate anymore. So, you know, uh, here, here, here's the catch, and here's what remains to be unsolved in some ways uh throughout this negotiation process McElroy told us that behind the scenes she thought A&M's leadership was forced to listen to some outside influences that had what she called great concerns on her background with diversity equity and inclusion work and so it should be noted that some of her research has included the relationship between news media and race 
in that her doctoral thesis was on the obituaries of civil rights leaders. And so she told us that AM officials she worked with throughout the hiring process made it clear to her that they, they didn't see her as a DEI advocate or proponent and that those views weren't her main academic mission. should also be noted, though, that at the state level, that state legislation this past spring has now called for universities to eliminate DEI offices by the end of this year. So, all that to be said, Dr. McElroy told us that when that her employment was discussed by the Board of Regents at a recent meeting in the Texas Tribune, who, by the way, Kate McGee has done some fantastic reporting on her own in this whole situation, uh, reported that AM's regents discussed uh, Dr. McElroy's hiring with President Banks in an executive session, which executive session not open to the public, not necessarily privy to the details. And then that final offer, that one-year deal, it came soon after that. So that was almost two weeks ago when uh, news now got out from the Texas side that uh, McElroy had rescinded her resignation from over there, her former employer, and would reprise her role, excuse me, as a tenured professor at the university. So we talked about things going south after uh, the big reception. This is things were kind of where things kind of publicly started going off the rails because there was an email to UT faculty saying that she was going to to come back and and that kind of sparks actually where some of the news reporting starting to happen. Uh, tell me what happened now when when things publicly started going off the rails. Yeah, so you know soon after. Uh, reports start coming out from us and other outlets how uh, a had possibly been influenced by outsiders who had questioned Dr. McElroy's background. Alumni were upset, former students here at a and they're upset. The academic world kind of shows kind of their dissatisfaction in, in kind of questioning in this whole situation. And it eventually just becomes a national news story. I mean, the New York Times, the Washington Post, they all report on it. Heck, even... Uh, the Daily Mail over in the UK reports on it. And so what's interesting to note, though, is that through all of this, especially that that, that first week, Anum officials were really quiet and didn't make any elaborate comments on the whole situation. And, and just to clarify that the whole situation is outside influences who were concerned with uh, potential background with work associated with diversity, equity, and inclusion. Right. Yeah. And so eventually, uh, Jose Bermudez, who was AM's interim dean for the College of Arts and Sciences, he announces that he's going to step away from his role at the end of the month in light of the controversy surrounding some recent communications with McElroy. And so should be noted that in the Texas Tribune's reporting, Bermudez was named as the one who really kind of was the guy who informed McElroy of these alleged outside influences and some of the things that they were saying about her. So uh, that that's a that's a critical note, and that's when that's when things really started ramping up. It seemed on the AM side. Yeah, I know. In in the reporting with from you in the Texas Tribune, it said Bermudez uh, kind of told her some of these. There's people who are critical of her, and he really couldn't protect her from that if if she were to take the job. Um, so this kind of all culminated into a meeting that uh, Dr. Banks had with the faculty senate, and that was. Uh, live streamed. It was a Zoom meeting, but it was live streamed over YouTube, so a- anyone could could watch. and And a lot of questions were raised. A lot of questions that we had, the public had, alumni had, were raised in a in a public forum where 
Dr. Banks had to uh, respond. Uh, what went on to that meeting and what effects did it have to this whole story? Yeah, so President Banks goes, she fields questions, engages in some discussion with faculty members from the Faculty Senate for, gosh, it, I mean, it was like an hour and a half. This was last Wednesday. And so, you know, the whole goal of the meeting was to provide some clarity on the whole situation. Uh, the, the problem for, for A&M was afterward, amendments were made to an original resolution from the Faculty Senate to appoint not only a fact-finding committee to investigate the circumstances around the attempted hire of Dr. McElroy, but the faculty senate said they, they were skeptical and lacked confidence in the answers that the administration gave them. You know, it, it wasn't only Dr. Banks that was on that call. There were several other key administrators who were on the call and provided a few answers and some input. It was mostly Banks that was, that was giving answers and fielding questions. I think... The one thing to note was that on multiple occasions, President Banks told the faculty members that uh, McElroy's initial offer for the administrative tenured role as journalism director was still in place and that the offer was never changed. She also told faculty members that she had never met with officials from the Rudder Association, a group that has kind of been accused of wielding sway with AM officials in, in this hiring process. It should be noted, though, that a few questions later, uh, President Banks circled back and told them that she had met once with the Rudder Association members. But uh, we know from reporting from the battalion uh, last March that an AM spokesperson said uh, President Banks had met with the group. And then that later that day, uh, an unnamed university official confirmed with us that there had been at least three visits between the two parties uh, over the years. So... After all of this, some of the faculty members, they were really questioning if Banks was just lying to them about some of this situation. And so uh, Dana Gaddy, a professor in AM's Department of Veterinary Integrative Biosciences, wow, that's a mouthful of a title, <laughs> uh, she said that AM administrators had plausible deniability and that she was insulted by the lack of their, their answers. Yeah, and having watched a little bit of that faculty senate meeting, it was clear that they asked repeatedly okay so there was this initial offer and then it was reported by McElroy through a lot of us and a lot of these other outlets that uh there was multiple other offers and and that kind of deteriorated the first offer um but they never really could nail down an answer between what happened from that first offer and what happened with her um you know pulling back and going back to UT and, and why that happened there, there never was really a, a good answer in there and that's kind of what the, the, the concerns that they raised after uh, Banks and, and the other administrators left the meeting. Yeah, definitely a disconnect. And then it, it really just didn't take much longer before Banks announced her resignation. So she, she submits her resignation and announces her plans to retire immediately on Thursday night. And then AM Chancellor John Sharp, in a statement, he announces this move on Friday morning. So AM's announcement of Banks' retirement resignation says, that she denied knowing about the changes in the job offer, but she also took responsibility for a flawed hiring process after a wave of national publicity suggesting McElroy, whose research includes diversity and inclusion, was a victim of anti-woke hysteria and outside influence in the faculty hiring process. So that happens and, Friday And for morning. those of us who's listening on the podcast, the anti-woke uh, hysteria was in, you, you did air quotes for this that, because that quotes. was a quoted... This uh, was a quoted yes. thing. Yes. So then 
on Friday afternoon, we kind of get a little bit of a bombshell when Hart Blanton, who's head of AM's Department of Communication and Journalism, he releases a statement and says that Banks misled the faculty on the circumstances around McElroy's failed hiring during that Wednesday meeting and that an earlier job offer letter for McElroy was altered and sent to her without his advanced knowledge, but also it retained his electronic signature and reduced the appointment from an earlier discussed multi-year term, which Dr. McElroy had said that second offer, that verbal offer that wasn't put into writing was a multi-year term. They reduced that to that one-year deal. So Blanton says that he, re- he shares the materials with the university's legal staff on Thursday night. He said he was pleased to see that Banks resigned. And uh, he also objected to race having been a consideration in the treatment of McElroy, who is, should be noted is a black woman. So uh, Chancellor Sharp's spokesman told us that on, he told us late Friday night that AM's Office of General Counsel, they're in the early stages of an investigation, including a review of all the events and communications and documentation in this whole situation. And they're planning to do interviews with uh, former President Banks now and uh, Blanton and some other key A&M officials. And, and that investigation is at the system level. Correct. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also heard from Dr. McElroy that night, and she said that there's much more, and I quote, there's much more I could say and will say about what has unfolded, but for now, I'll reserve those statements for a future date. So all of that played out, uh, and uh, just a lot of, of finger-pointing, he said, she said, ultimately coming to the resignation of, of Banks. So now what? 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 Where do they go from here? There is still this issue of, of what happened behind the scenes in this field hiring to resolve. There's still a journalism department to to form and and start and and grow. What 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 comes from all of this now? Yeah, I mean the the immediate thing this week is that the journalism program is still pending approval from the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board, and so. That board, they have their quarterly meeting this week, Wednesday and Thursday, to vote on whether or not to approve this program or not. And you'll be there. And, and I'm Reporting. planning to be there. Mm-hmm. So AM officials, they're expected to present a program overview, I believe, at, at a workshop meeting on Wednesday before a vote is taken during the regular meeting on Thursday. There has been some slight concern on the AM side if the program won't receive approval without a director in place, but... That remains to be seen if whether or not that will actually hinder the program gaining approval or not. The next thing is what happens between McElroy and A&M. So her lawyer told us on Friday that they're still negotiating with A&M. So I'm kind of curious to see what comes of that, how long it might take, and uh, just kind of what the end result is there. And it's worth noting, too, though, that she has not retained that same counsel that you talked to. She 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 released that counsel, correct? Well, th- th- I've talked with both repre- both gotcha. representatives. Uh the first representative, yes, she she did not retain his services and has since switched to another attorney. Gotcha. Um, and so the next thing is just what what comes from Anum's own investigation uh, and you know what things we might uncover from further reporting and investigating uh, on the details of how this whole thing just got turned sideways so very quickly. And then not only all of that, 
Anum still needs to hire a journalism director, and Anum still now has to hire a president. And so, the thing is that those within A and M and some outsiders, they kind of see this whole situation as really kind of tarnishing the university's trajectory and its reputation at at the current moment, and could possibly cause A and M some some trouble and possibly finding potential successors to these two positions now. And so, you know. Anum's been in the spotlight for not very good reasons over the last couple weeks, and they've they've really got some work to do to kind of reestablish some confidence that the university is still going in the direction where it was headed before all this happened. Because Anum's made some pretty big gains in the last few years, and you know this is this has kind of been a little bit of a black eye for the university the last couple of weeks well and, and not to mention when you talk about the journalism department not only you have to hire a um, a director but they also have to hire uh, faculty and staff below and start to implement and set up curriculum there's a lot of work to be uh, done there as well and a lot of these similar things apply yeah well I hope this kind of just gives our readers uh, and listeners to the podcast uh, a more clear timeline of, of the events that happened and, and kind of what's next. And I mean, this is for sure something that we're going to continue to follow as it unfolds. Yeah. So for anybody listening to this, uh, like I said, Alex has been on top of this story from from day zero, really. Um, how can they get a hold of you if they have any further questions on how this is kind of all playing out? Yeah. Feel free to email me at alex.miller at theeagle.com. Follow me on Twitter at alexmill20, and uh, stay tuned. Yeah, so uh, thanks so much for listening and watching this edition of The Eagle Extra, uh, breaking down what's going on with uh, the Texas A&M Journalism School and uh, the former president, Catherine Banks. Uh, be sure to uh, subscribe to The Eagle uh, online and uh, the print edition for uh, more of this coverage from Alex and the rest of our newsroom, and we'll talk to you again next time.